children and this man went up and out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh and the two sons Eli and Hophni that's, that's right and Phineas the priest of the Lord were there and when the time of Elkanah offered he gave Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions but to Hannah he gave a worthy portion, some versions say a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore for, for I'm sorry, provoked her for to make her fret because the Lord had shut her womb. And as he did so year by year, and when they went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah her husband to Hannah, Why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not, and why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better than ten sons? So we have a lot going on. You have Elkanah the husband, who has two wives, which in that time was typical of biblical times with them having more than one wife. We do not advocate for that now. That is not right. But in the, this time, it was a different dispensation. So he had two wives. And of those two wives, Hannah and Penina, Penina had kids, Hannah did not have kids. And that's the big issue here. And so we just want to dig really into the relationship of Hannah and Elkanah. Because in the Bible, uh, I think this is one of the most endearing relationships that you could have. So, you have Elkanai, who basically tells Hannah, like, I love you. And not only does he tell Hannah that I love you, he shows Hannah. So we just kind of want to go through the scriptures and show you not only that he tells her, you know, kind of verbally that I support you, but then he also is there for her in a physical way. Alright, so without so what we're gonna do is they're gonna be there are some awesome principles for relationship right. in this in this uh portion of scripture and I think and we think that it is very powerful stuff. So and it was just hard to keep it into eight verses. I found myself going outside of eight you know the eighth verse but um, without rereading re the scripture, what we'll see here is that Elkanai, from reading the scripture, he knew about what Hannah was going through. Right. Um, he knew that because she was not able to bear children at that time, um, that she was going to be uh, getting scrutiny, as you would say, from the community, uh, scrutiny from her adversary, which... Uh, in the scripture is Penina, the uh, the other wife. Um, but not only did Elkanah, not only did he know about what she was going through, but Elkanah actively did something about what she was going through. And not only did he do something, but he connected to how she felt emotionally as best he can. So when we read in the scripture, um, a lot of times you will hear that, well, Elkanah didn't know 
or didn't respond well to what Hannah was going through or he didn't connect to what she was going through. But I believe that Elkanai, it, in his best ability, the best he knew how right. um, and what he was able to do, he was able to connect emotion, both emotionally and physically to what she was going through. So how did he do that? Um, even in the midst of what the community might say, um, what they saw looking at her, even in the midst of what uh, his other wife, Penina, might say because she wasn't able to bear children, he still actively gave her something that he didn't give to everyone else. Right. So even though he portioned out um, the the uh, portioned out the the food or the meal, um, the, sacrifice. the sacrifice. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, even with everyone looking. He still, because he loved her just that much and he cared about what she was going through, he said, you know what, even though all of these people might be looking at you and thinking what they want to think because you're not able to bear children, because I love you just that much, I'm going to actively give you something that they don't have. And so one of the, the things is not being able to bear children during that time, bearing children is one of the most important, the the ultimate thing that the, the woman can do. If you can't do anything else, if you can't cook, if you can't you know, tend to the children, if you can't do anything else, you at least need to be able to pop those kids out. And she could not do that. And so to everybody else, she was worthless. Mm-hmm. And she knew that everybody else would think that she was worthless. She probably even thought that Elkanah thought she was worthless. But in the portion of scripture, like he was saying, when, when you give her the double portion, you now make her feel special. Despite everything she feels, despite every inadequacy, you know, sometimes women, we are hard on ourselves. We don't, you know, we think we don't look good. We're too fat or we're too skinny or we're not good enough or our hair is not long enough. Things are not right. But despite how we feel about ourselves, he took the time to make her feel special. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's only want to call it an art, but people use the, the term a lost art. And I think that has been lost a lot um, where us as men that we connect emotionally to what our spouse is going right, through. Right. It can even be just something small as she just had a bad day. Did you actively ask her, how was your day? And if she said it was a bad day, did you have some follow up questions or did you try to make her feel better about her day? Or did you do something tangible? Did you rub her feet? Did you cook dinner? Did you fold the clothes? Did you did you do something that you wouldn't normally do right. to try to make her feel love and help her to forget about what she what she's been going through, right. what she's been through? And I think it's um, I'll say, quote unquote, a lost art because it is an art because you have to learn how to actively care for your spouse. So I would, I, would, I think calling it an art would be would be good. Art so. is beautiful and it's subjective and it changes all the time. And it changes all the time. And we just talked about the apology languages. So everybody doesn't speak the same language. So it, it definitely is an art to continually learn your spouse. To continually know that you know we're rolling up on year 10 i might not be the same as i was nine years ago like she i have changed better than that, yeah. i have i have matured i have i have different likes and dislikes and what it may have taken to soothe me in a certain situation at year one might not be the same at year nine year 10 year 20 year 50 thank you jesus for year 50. Um, and so we have to learn one another and figure out what it is. And I think he brought up an awesome point 
uh, because we see in the scripture in verse eight, where Elkanah actually takes the time to ask her, like, why are you crying? Why are you not eating? Like he took the time to ask. And that's something that we don't do. We see that there's something wrong. We feel that they're offbeat. We, we sense something and you know that something is off and then you keep going on business as usual. Something is wrong. You know something is wrong. And as, let, let's just say it, as the man, even if all else has failed, as the man, you need to figure out what's broken and fix it. That's right. And, and, and that's not to say that women can't do it, but if it's not being done, it's the man's job to make sure that it's done. The head, has, you have to make sure that your house is in order. That's right. And and even looking at, because the scripture says that he he was going up, they were going up to, to make their sacrifice um, and, and Shiloh. And this was something that was done yearly. This was something that was done um, repeatedly. But you can almost gather that repeatedly, Hannah was feeling these emotions every single time they would go up to make their sacrifice. So even though this is done repeatedly or repetitiously, it's easy. The easy thing to do would be to dismiss how she was feeling. Um, she okay. She cried when we went up to Shiloh today. She she may have cried two weeks ago or one month ago. But just because it happens repetitiously doesn't mean that as as the as the spouse we have the right to dismiss how our um, significant other is feeling. Right, right. Even though you might have asked how you were feeling about a certain situation, let's just stay with the the ability to bear children. Um, even though you asked how they were doing last week. If they look down again this week, it's your job to ask again this week. It's your job as the as the as the spouse to make sure that you consistently uh, try to make your spouse feel like or feel important or not feel less than as society or people that surround them will often will often try to make them feel just like Panina in the community right. did to Hannah. Right, and so you have to look at it um, also as when he gave the double portion, um, despite how she felt like a failure or how everybody else might've um, saw her as a failure because she could not produce, um, him giving her that double portion, let her know you are enough. This, this, despite everything that's going on, despite how you feel about yourself, I'm giving this to you as a token to let you know, it don't matter what nobody else says, you're enough for me. And so how often do we let our spouses know that despite everything that's going on, okay, you lost your job. You know, COVID is going on, you lost your job. You're still enough for me. Other people might have a lot to say about you. You know, your, your granddaddy and your, your mom and them always got something to say. Your friends got stuff to say, but you are enough for me. And so what can I do to make you feel more like a man? That's good. Oftentimes, you know, we, we belittle you know, our spouses or have something to say, or we talk behind their backs about, you know, what's wrong, but what can I do to make you feel more like a man? Cause guess what? If I empower you, if I lift you up, if I do things to make you feel like you are more than, then you can begin to believe that and feel that yourself. And that can take you to the next level. But if I continue to pull you down like everybody else, then where are we? So I just, I love that despite how 
what society would have said during that period about the situation. He continued to lift her up and make her feel special and make her know that you are enough. Now, does that take away her desire to have kids? No, but he is doing his part. And that's all we can ask of a spouse is to do your part. You can't make her feel some kind of way. You can't take this feeling away. But what can I do? What can, what I, do? can I do? And in this situation, I, I honestly think he did everything that he knew how to do. So we see here where he gives the double portion and he also talks to her and asks her and questions her. How do you feel? Why are you not doing this? Um, and, and he doesn't take for granted that this is just another thing. Like he wants to know what's wrong. And I care about what you care about. Oftentimes, oh, that's just his thing. Oh, that's what he got going on. I've even heard like, um, you know, separating everything. Oh, that's his bill. That's his life. That's his problem. You know, oh, that's... No, when you said I do, it now becomes us. This is now our problem. And personally, Tyrone and I have dealt with infertility issues. And it's, it's not an easy thing. And it is very stressful on every level of the marriage. And so to have that pressure sitting there, and especially because the other wife has already produced, to have that additional pressure and him saying, what can I do to take this off of you? What can I do to make you feel better about this situation? And so we have to we have to take the load off. We have to figure out how we can go above and beyond to make them feel wanted, desired, special, um, if it's something we can do to actually fix the problem, fix the problem. Like, what's the point of if you have the key to the door, you see me searching for the key, you see that I'm down about it, I'm ripping my hairs out. If you got the key, just give me the key. Like, if you're able to fix it, go ahead and fix it. That's, That's right. your job as a spouse. That's right. And, you know, I, I often think of it as um, it's like a picture, a picture with water or whatever. But the picture never gets full. And that's how we have to think about our significant other. You have to consistently pour into this picture because it's never going to get full. And and even in, in Hannah's mind, she thought that she would never be able to bear children. But her holding on to her faith and had, I believe that had, um, had uh, Elkanah not continued to pour into her, when that manifestation finally came and that and that blessing that prayer that she prayed to prayed to God um and when Samuel finally came I believe that it was it was him con continually pouring into her that even helped even the more make that blessing feel even that more special when it finally came so we have to think of our spouse as a as a picture that never a picture that never gets full we have to consistently pour in words of affirmation um right. uh gifts right. uh i love yous um spontaneous gifts trips date nights all of that stuff because you can never fill your spouse up enough with that stuff so you right. have to continually pour into that picture pour 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 because it'll never get full so then you have to ask yourself what have you done lately for your spouse to pour into them to make them feel special um, not the average stuff. Like we we know you cook on Sunday. We know you cook dinner on in the afternoon. Y'all gotta eat. Cool, you did that. But what did you do special for them? Like what what did you do to go above and beyond? Um, and so I loved in uh, verse eight when he asked her, he said, "Why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Um, why are you grieved?" It, it's him getting involved. 
he's getting involved in whatever she's dealing with and he wants to know he wants to be a part of the solution he wants to be a part of what what's broken how can i fix it mm-hmm. um and so as like like tyrone was just saying um encouraging her as panina provoked her telemarketer y'all sorry as um panina provoked her he continuously encouraged her and so we definitely have to continue to encourage our spouses and be there for our spouses on every single level and invite this was an invitation into whatever she by questioning her this was an invitation into whatever she was dealing with for her to be able to come and and whether or not she took that as an invitation to pour out her soul to Elkanai at that moment it doesn't make a difference he made the invite Mm-hmm. And so just by opening the door to those questions, even if your spouse doesn't take the bait, at least you gave it. Yeah. At least you gave them the opportunity. What's wrong? How can I help? Um, what can I do? And so I love that he he gave the opportunity. He really loved her um, more than anything. And you can see that in his giving. And so we have to not only be able to hear you saying I love you, but I need to see it. You have to demonstrate that you love your spouse. Your spouse, and it doesn't get old. It doesn't care if you. It doesn't matter if you're in year two, year five, year twenty. It does not get old. People need to know that you love them, but not only hear it, but they need to see it. They need to feel it. You need to demonstrate it somehow. So, I really. You have another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, so go, go, yeah, go. Um. So. When Elkanai says um, at, at the table, he says to Hannah, he says, "Am I not better to you oh, than ten, ten sons? sons?" And in my studying and different commentaries I was reading, it was a lot of it was negative towards Elkanai. But I believe that this portion of scripture is probably one of the most powerful verses in these first eight verses because. Here is where he verbally is trying to let Hannah know just how deep his love was for her. He's saying that, I know your heart burns and aches because you're not able to have one child. And I know how joyful you would feel just to have one child, just to bear one child. But he's letting her know the love I have for you I feel is equal to 10 sons. Right. Equal to 10 males to carry our name, yeah. to carry our family, right. to not carry our girls. lineage. Not even, girl. not even girls. Because having a male or having a boy would carry the name of the father or of that, of that covenant. But he says, the love I feel for you is greater than than having 10 sons and he knew how she felt how her heart grieved just wanting one son but he's saying to the best that i can from what i'm doing my double portions me telling you that i love you not caring about what the community thing not even caring about what canina thinks but because i love you that much my love is equal to 10 sons and i think that display that verbal display of love is so Powerful. Right. Something. Nope, that is it. Um, and we definitely could have gone on and on and on once you go through the chapters. Again, you can you can see um 
you know, go on your own and a couple chapters down, you'll see the trust that they have for one another. Again, the trust that Elk and I has for him. Um, and it, their love just continues to flourish throughout the chapter. Um, it's definitely a powerful portion of scripture for marriages and just to overcome adversity. Like everybody's going to go through something. Like you are not alone in the fact that your marriage is going through something or you're at a certain challenge um, in your life and it affects your marriage. Um, everybody goes through something, but how you go through it is what matters. Making it to on the other side is how it is the important part of that. Um, because everybody doesn't make it on the other side of the issues. That's right. Um, and so it's how you deal with it. And I felt like as big as this was, because again, bearing children, that was a big deal. It's huge. Um, as big as this was, he didn't care about none of that. He just like, I love you. And that's it. Like, it does not matter. And so we have to let our spouses know that nothing is, none of these issues are bigger than us. That's right. Like, like it's not. Um, if It may feel hard. It may feel heavy. But none of that stuff is more important than what we have. Um, and just saying the words, I love you, sometimes is not enough. We have to definitely demonstrate that to each other. That's right. Amen. That's the Bible says it. Faith without works is dead. Works is dead. Without work. That's right. Um, and so we want to now do our declaration, not declaration, our connection tip. And I'm going to pull that up on my phone if I can. I don't even know how to work my phone. Okay, there we go. So our connection tip is to show each other admiration and fondness. So. You can think of a creative way to do this, or you can just write it down on a piece of paper. But um, a lot of times our spouses do not know how we feel about them, point blank, period. And they, it's a guessing game, especially if you've been married a long time. You married two, three years, your spouse don't even know how you feel about them anymore. Do you even think they're sexy anymore? Do you like anything about them anymore? Because you complain so much sometimes or um, you don't say anything. So then they just don't know. So we want to point out points of admiration and fondness towards our spouse and how we feel about them. So Tyrone, get a notebook. I get a notebook. We can write it all down and then show each other our notebooks and see what the other person thinks about the other person. Mm -hmm. And maybe my feelings that I have for him on year one are a little bit different than now. So we just want our spouses to know how we feel about them. And taking this time as an exercise gives us a great excuse to do that together. Mm -hmm. So um, you could, I could write, you know, with my pen. This is my pen. You know, I can, you know, you want to get real Ooh, creative. Get like, you know, you can do body paint. Get body paint and then write, on, write on each other. Right. You can do body paint. That's not body paint. See, that's you. not body paint, but I did just write on him. Don't you like the word I put? I, only, I can't read it. Okay, I'll write it bigger. My skin real chocolate. His skin is real chocolate. So you get a light body paint and you have a really chocolate spouse, okay? All right. All right. But don't just show each other. The, um, your admiration and fondness, but talk about it after you guys are finished. Right. Right. Talk about it. And um, Amazon does sell body paint. You can get it at the mall. Everybody sells body paint, people. So you can still get it. So now we have our declarations. We have not forgotten about our declarations. Um, as we close out, you want to start with that? Yeah. We will keep God as the head of our relationship. 
we will not allow anyone or anything to come between us. We will remain faithful to each other physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. We will strive to make each other's dreams and goals a reality. We will be respectful in private and in public. We will fight fair. We will take pride in serving each other. We won't let divorce be become a part of our vocabulary. We won't put our family ahead of our relationship. We are we will we enjoy will enjoy, enjoy our, relationship. our relationship. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. We love you. And if you need us, we are here. Message us. Text what's the, us. What's the next topic? You gotta give people something to look forward to. Stay tuned for. He does this to me all the time. The topic for next time. You know what? Stay tuned for him giving you the topic for next time. Peace. He love. This to me. And so. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. You constantly do that, and I done told you like three times I do that. Cause we don't have a topic next time, and you be like, "What's the topic?" I'll be like, "What we talking about?" When I do that, we already know we we gonna talk about, and you be like, "You ain't gonna get to him." But we don't. We, what have we decided to talk about? We we just did. We said we talking about. I, no 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 no.